Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, welcome in. It's another edition of The Early Line here on the grid at sportsgrid.com. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri, and I want to uh, thank you guys very much for stopping by. Hopefully, uh, everybody is uh, safe and sound and, uh, you know, getting ready for life to move on. And it will move on, guys. Uh, Eventually, in the sports world, with everything else, we'll remain the glass half full here on the... uh, on the uh, early line, Dane, because that's how we roll, and I refuse to be any other way. So while uh, there's a lot of pain and suffering going on around this country right now, I, uh, I truly believe there are better days ahead, I think sooner rather than later. And, of course, uh, you know, we were reminded, uh, you know, start of uh, Major League Baseball season should have been uh, this week, in fact, and we should have already seen the first pitches thrown out, but that is not the case. What is the case? however, is that at some particular point, there is going to be a scheduled date here. And I do think Major League Baseball, more than the NBA, I I think Major League Baseball will be the first one out with an announcement. And I do think whether that announcement is we're shooting for XYZ date or this is the the date it's going to be, I do think it will remain fluid. I do think Major League Baseball at this point has got an idea in their head that here's what we've got. 140 game season, 130, 120. I do think they'll go down a list. I think they've got a number of different plans in place. And listen, best case scenario for any of this, Dane, if we're all being realistic now, and I don't want to be one of these, the sky's falling, I've heard... College football is going to be canceled. Like, whoa, everyone slow, slow down. I get the Olympics was canceled and college football starts a month after. I get it, but let's all slow down here. Baseball, 162-game season. I do think May is probably going to be, sometime in May is going to be a target date for Major League Baseball, which is, it's a month away. A lot can happen in a month, but I do think if I'm Rob Manfred, I'm going, you know what? Get me back on the field. Yeah, we're going to be shooting middle of May, end of May, whatever it is. I do think May is when we're probably going to see some baseball take, uh, take center stage again. I mean, I think that is a fair thing. You have to take the Olympics kind of as a case onto itself, right? right? And yep. so if you look at the events in this country, right, MLS, I believe, has said mm-hmm. around May 10th. That's their kind of they're kicking the can down the road to that. And here's where I'm going to look to to uh, see where the dominoes are falling here in America, Joe, is the ponies. We know the Kentucky Derby has, in fact, been postponed, right? But what happens two weeks later? The Preakness, okay, in Maryland. And we have not, they have not waved the white flag yet, right? So to me, you know, we're kind of pushed out to mid-May. But at least as far as I've seen, there are not things that are literally into June and July in Mm -hmm. this country, the Olympics aside, that have kind of, you know, already acknowledge that it's not going to happen. So I think we're talking about mid-May, late May to get it started. But Joe, that brings up so many other questions for me, right? Like how long will they have to take to, oh, I don't know, have a spring training and get these guys into playing shape? When they come back, will it be with or without fans? And does that mean they're going to still try to get 162 in by pushing it back or getting double headers? Or are they going to compromise and go to 140, 130, 120? There's still a lot of open questions left on the table. Yeah, a ton. Now, here's what we know for sure, guys. Uh, as listen, this week we should have seen the start of the baseball season. Wasn't to be. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of people sitting around trying to figure out who, what, where, and how. When does it all go? Here's what we know for a fact. Whether it be May, anytime, whether it be the beginning of June, um, you cannot drop Major League Baseball players into a stadium, give them gloves and a bat, and be like, <laughs> go ahead and play. There is going to be at least a three-week addition to continuation of spring training, even though that may be in May or June. Um, There's going to take a three-week period. And so the question is, I think now, are they going to send everyone to Arizona and Florida for those three weeks? Or given the fact of what's happened, do they send them to their home fields and just continue it along 
uh, that way. And I know another big question I have, and, and there will be a continuation of spring training, guys. It's not going to just be, hey, guys, welcome back. Let's start playing games that matter. I got to believe they're going to extend rosters, right? Yeah. I got to believe that they're going to give uh, teams an opportunity now because of the condensed nature and the double headers that could be coming. No all-star game. There, there's going to be an extended roster here, opportunities for teams to add some guys. And then you got to go, Dane. All right, well, are, are they adding pitchers? Yeah. Are they adding position? Are they adding bats? Are they? And if they're adding more pitchers, well, hell, what the hell does that do from a, from a win-loss perspective? Fantasy teams, throw it up in the air. I have, is, is anybody going to give 20 saves uh, this year? I don't know. Is anybody going to pitch more than five innings now that you can add? Five more arms, let's say, to the roster. It, it, a lot of questions got to be answered. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and we've seen teams kind of do this differently over the last few years. Right. Joe, remember also, it had already been collectively bargained that rosters were expanding this yep. year, remember? There was going to be the 26th man, which was already going to add an element of strategy. But I think you make a great point. Whether we're going to have less off days or an influx of double headers, you have to do something to the roster to give the managers some kind of flexibility. Yep. Whether that is allowing unlimited call-ups from AAA, mm -hmm. whether that is identifying um, three or five specific players that are kind of like a practice squad or mm -hmm. a squad and can have eligibility on multiple levels something like that will have to be creative yep. i also have questions though joe you talk about like there's going to be spring training to have spring training outside of florida or arizona would require a ton of travel mm -hmm. not something that i think you know we are ready for right. as a nation right. quite frankly so i'd be interested if they do have to stay in their home markets like the nba did for a little mm -hmm. while are we going to see just a ton of like Yankees versus Mets split squad scrimmages? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly correct. And uh, listen, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I think anything is on the table here, but I do think there'll be a lot of regionalism going there. And if they send them home to where their home ballparks are, you know, you got to take into consideration, uh, will New York be right. ready, you know yeah. what I mean, to have a, a team uh, in the city there, along two teams uh, in the city there. So I know... They're probably going to make the decision. I think that for the masses, there will be a couple of places. California, of course, still shut down. Obviously, uh, you know, New York uh, with the epicenter and the hotspots they got there. Maybe they say, all right, we figure out alternatives uh, for those teams in those states and eventually get them back to where they were. Let us not forget, all right, there are large swaths of property and land in this country and state stain that are not New York City and experiencing the breakouts that we are seeing around. So there are a lot of places like Kansas City and the Royals. and play. There's a lot of parts of this country right now that just has not seen uh, the kind of breakouts that they are. So you got to consider if I'm Major League Baseball or if I'm any, I got to be looking at these college campuses. We talked about it with the NBA. Uh, I think there's a lot of places that might inherit some professional teams here for at least a month or two until, uh, you know, the all clear bell sounds. Because I don't know that all 50 states are going to be cleared before some of these leagues start playing again. And if that's the case, there's going to need to be some uh, alternate locations that teams can go to. Yeah, if you build it, they will come, Joe, right? And maybe we will start to see that. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV, Joe. But one of the things I do also know is that you mentioned New York is kind of like the epicenter. Mm -hmm. I'm here in New York. And what I'm hearing from Governor Cuomo every day on the television is that we're just first. You know, that there will be apexes of right. other places in this country at different times. So maybe it is something of a moving target. And Joe, I remember one of the other things we were talking about when it came to the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Remember, all the money that Omaha, Nebraska was losing because of the College World Series. I bet they'd love to have a random Yankees versus Red Sox series sometime in June. Yeah, uh, hello, exactly. Yeah. There's a, um, there is opportunities here, but the question of the matter is, you know, which one of those leagues uh, is going to want to, uh, is going to want to be first. And right. because there is, I don't care who it is, there is going to be, uh, some blowback there. There is going to be some, uh, certainly some social justice warriors on 
uh, social media, it is going to be a PR hit for whatever league decides to come back. And because I don't think they're going to wait for, uh, and I could be wrong, maybe they all will. Maybe they'll just cancel everything. But I don't think they're going to wait for the all clear of all 50 states before they decide to get back uh, to get back to playing. And quite honestly, I, I think the sooner we can get some of these leagues back, I think the better it'll be for the psyche of a lot of people in this country, giving them an opportunity, especially those places that it might take a little bit longer uh, to flatten the curve, so to speak. It would be really good to be able to have something else to keep their mind off of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in this kind of pandemic, in this crisis that we are in, Joe, and you know this, we have seen the, the, the health impacts, right? We've seen the financial impacts. But I think what more and more people are realizing as we spend more and more days at home, quarantined, sheltered in places, the psychological impacts we are all feeling as well, right? right? And, and sports is such a huge part of that. So I do think that when kind of the, when kind of, uh, the athletes are back on the field, whether fans are in the building or not, it is going to be a welcome addition to the fabric of America again. I'm not saying try to, you know, accelerate the process more than we should for health concerns, but yes, everyone is going to love seeing their teams and being able to, you know, root, root, root for the home team. And it's going to be very interesting taking a look uh, from, uh, you know, sticking with Major League Baseball. Yeah, roster call-ups, we said, right? All right, guys, if they're going to not play 162, they're going to play 140. They're going to add five guys to the roster each team. What does that do to the win total? What mm. does that do to some of these future odds with some of these teams? And just even looking at win totals, we obviously know probably not going to be 162 games, guys. Right. So if you are fading some teams or backing some teams because you thought there was some value, uh, there could very well be, Dane, some value created across the board with some of these teams that, and let's face it, you know, we know the odds makers, they're trying to figure it out as well. So, and, you know, and I look to the point of, look at, look at the 100-game mark alone last year. If, if you had stopped the season at 100 games, you got a whole lot of different teams that are in the playoffs and, and shooting for a World Series. So if that's the case this year, I'm wondering what they'll do with those win totals with some of these teams. Some of the teams where we thought maybe there were value at 162 games, maybe there's no more value at 120 with those. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to figure, remember how we say all the time with some of these bets, check the fine print, right? So a lot of, here's what I'll say. First of all, if you've already made bets, you know, we've talked about this on the early line, like the way we feel about, say, the Boston Red Sox win total, for example. If they're not playing 162 games, you are going to get that refunded back to yep. you, right? And yep. then you have to go and, you know, reapply that, right? And make the bet over again. And of course, the numbers will look a little bit weird. Yep. We're doing 145 games, for example. It won't look, there'll be no teams, whether it's the Yankees or the Dodgers or anybody else, that'll have a win total in the high 90s if we're only playing 130 games in the season or something like that. But here's the other thing I would say. Whenever Major League Baseball does in fact announce it, and the idea of what the picture of the season will look like comes a little bit more into focus, you're, there's ways to get ahead of this, Joe. Yeah. We've had news since everything's been shut down. For example, uh, Aaron Judge is cleared. You know, he was a guy who we thought may miss opening day for the New York Yankees, and he will now be there. Same yep. potentially with a starting pitcher like James Paxton for the Yankees, right? So these big horses for the Yanks are not missing portions of the season that we thought. And on the flip side, Joe, there are studs that have kind of either gone down or teams are making decisions on them since it's been shut down. Right. Chris Hale is going to have Tommy John surgery. Justin Verlander is going under the knife. Noah Syndergaard going down with the UCL. So there have been changes, and there's opportunities to get ahead of it in the marketplace. You know, one of the things, uh, Dane, that uh, growing up, and, and certainly anybody that has played any high school ball or, or college baseball, you guys know that, a uh, couple of things happen right around this time of year. Uh, you look forward to, and we know a lot of high school baseball season cut yeah. short. Uh, you know, some guys never made it out, especially up north. You, you've got college seasons, no more college World Series, no nothing. All of that is gone. Uh, but the draft was always in June. 
And uh, we always knew that uh, at some point there, that was when, you know, a lot of college players, a lot of high school kids, uh, they were waiting for that phone to ring, you know, and uh, will I or won't I, you know, what team might uh, take a shot at me, what won't. Well, I, I do believe, and I don't think there's a date that's been set yet, but obviously Major League Baseball has said that the draft is, in fact, going to be moved from June uh, to July, I believe. Um, so it used, I think June 10th or the 12th is when it was this year, and they've pretty much said at this point that it's going to be pushed down the road. They're also cutting back the amount of rounds. That used to be the thing with baseball, right? There was like 900 rounds, and, you know, they just kept picking people and picking people and picking people. Um, but it looks like they're going to kind of put the draft where the All-Star break would have been. And we all know it doesn't look like there's going to be an All-Star game. Guys are going to be playing right through that. Uh, but if you're a high school kid or if you're a college kid, you know, now all of a sudden you're pushing that back too. It's just you're not playing, right? Yep. You're not. You, you Less chances for you to showcase your talent. Tough spot for both pro teams, of course, and these players right now to decide, how do I get drafted? Where do I go? What do I do? Right. And the institutions, whether it be the NCAA or Major League Baseball themselves, right? I think you make a great point from the player's side. I think about things, you know, like, will these college players that didn't get a chance to play in their spring season, will they get an extra year of eligibility from the NCAA? And what the analog is, Joe, for that in Major League Baseball, it is huge. Right around June, we see it every single year. It's called the Super 2 deadline, right? Service time yep. is important thing. Every year there's a young stud, whether it be Vladimir Guerrero Jr., we saw it with Chris Bryant, where teams call up kids, right, uh, at the exact time where they would not get credit for a year of service time anymore right. baseball pushing kind of the arbitration down the road joe that's another thing i have no idea what would happen let's say they start oh to use your point right we get back up and going mid to late may we have opening day around the beginning of june or june one even let's say then what is the deadline for service time or do we just grant it to everybody yep. do we kind of make these concessions given the desperate times that we're in a lot of iron uh, a lot of details to iron out. Yeah, it, it really is. And if you're going to go, and I think it was they've moved it back down to 10 rounds for the draft. I, I, if you cut that in half, that's five rounds. And to your point, some uh, some of these kids in high school that are have gotten full rides now to go to college may be a, um, a toss-up on whether you draft them or not because you're like, you know what, they're probably going to college. They're going right. to want too much money. They're, so there's a lot that comes into play right now. A lot has uh, shifted there. And the dreams of a lot of kids, uh, both high school and uh, college right now, their pro dreams might have to uh, be put on hold for a little while. Sticky situation there, but it's just one of the many things uh, that we'll all uh, figure out and will come together here over the next couple of months. And, uh, and coming up, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the latest in the NFL. New jerseys, new players, draft time. How did they do it? What will they do? The NFL, still moving forward, but what might that draft look like? We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here as we move along on the early line. It is the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys. Welcome back in here to the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. It's the early line. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we continue to push along here and do our very best to Bring you latest information from around the world of sports, even though none are being uh, played. But a lot of perspective here to take a look at. A lot of ifs, buts, whens, I don't knows. Uh, there's a lot going on here. And of course, as a uh, as a sports investor, Dane, very hard to uh, to deal with ifs, ands, buts. I don't know. Possibly, could be, maybe we'll see. Uh, but that's what we're dealing with here right now. And I think it's an, uh, it's an important lesson, too, for many people that uh, might start to get into sports betting once uh, all the games do return. Uh, you've got to be ready for just about anything, Dane. And you've got to understand what variance is. <laughs> and you've got to understand how that applies to making smart, smart bets and, and smart decisions on where to go and how to go. So a lot of what we're talking about, 
baseball season already. Season should have started here this week. Obviously, uh, that is come and gone. But, you know, there's some talk. You got to understand, all right, guys, what are the possibilities? Does it come back next month, May? Does it come back in June? What's the worst case scenario? If it comes back in June, what are we looking at? It's a real good opportunity for you to kind of retake stock. And you had mentioned it earlier, too. You got a lot of guys going under the knife now. Rotations look a little bit different now than they did just a month ago. So there's a lot of homework to do here. So you can hit the ground running the minute these leagues uh, come back. And, and the NFL is, let's face it, I mean, that's, uh, that's five months down the road and we get it. But this draft's coming up. And so far, the NFL, we're moving ahead. We don't know what that draft will look like just yet or how they'll do it, uh, but there does appear to be a draft coming up in a couple of weeks. And this draft, Dane, like all drafts, is important, but I would think with the amount of franchise quarterbacks, uh, possible franchise quarterbacks coming out in this draft, and uh, there are some real game changers that uh, a lot of people think are on the board here. This is an important draft. So this, um, like every draft, but maybe even more so, because you're a bit handcuffed as a organization here with being able to visit and interviews and, and you know, Skype and all of that is, is wonderful. But, you know, having a guy in your building, talking to him, getting a figure, it's a different ballgame. So this is going to be one of the harder drafts uh, in a long, long time, Dane, because it's a crapshoot many people think to begin with. Yep. But, man, oh, man, if you can get this one right, there's a few, uh, I think there's a few franchises where this could really change the next five years of some organizations if they get this draft right. That's how big it is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everything we hear now is that the draft will go on as scheduled in terms of being in late April. Roger Goodell, it looks like, is pushing forward. He wants that to be the case. Interestingly enough, aligned with what you were saying, Joe, regardless of what the general managers are saying, there was a subcommittee of general managers that actually voted unanimously to recommend to Goodell that they should push it back. And what you, what you said before, I think, is the key. You know, general managers have, what, like a 50% hit rate on their drafts anyway? And that's when they have nope. all the information at their disposal. That's when they get to have pro days. That's when they get to have visits to the facility. That's when they get to have their doctors, mm. you know, kind of give the once-over to these players, get them up on the whiteboard. So now you've got the tape which I actually think is the most important part of it all together anyway. But for some of these GMs, it's limited information and their reputation is on the line, especially, Joe, mm -hmm. when it comes to the franchise quarterback, okay? Right. You get it wrong, it sets you back for years. I'm reminded of down by you, Joe, Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. They drafted him in the top 10, didn't work, set him back for years. I believe right now the Chicago Bears are being set back by years as an implication of them drafting Mitchell Trubisky number two overall when they could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. And then when I look on FanDuel, Joe, right now there is an over-under for how many quarterbacks will go yep. in the first round. And that number right now is four and a half. Wow. So we're talking about four, five franchises right now that in the next month are making a decision that can alter the course of their franchise for the better part of the next decade. And unfortunately, Joe, they are doing it with incomplete information. Yeah, and it's uh, nothing is going to change as far as that goes between now and the draft. And we know, we told you guys, of course, a lot of GMs, there's been a lot of talk about, can't we push this thing back? Like, right. can't we get it going? But it doesn't appear that they are going to go. Uh, and listen, you got a couple of drafts coming up. You got the WNBA's getting ready to do their draft. They had already announced, and they were the first ones to do it, really. Like, all right, we're going to do it all virtual. You know what I mean? We're setting up the cameras. So they've already kind of got it all planned out. We have not heard from the NFL other than we're still working out the leg how this is all going to work. I don't know how it's going to work other than, listen, there's a boatload of possibilities in the first round, right? You got to figure, you're, are you going to have cameras in everybody you think is going to be in the first round? And we're talking, by the way, I'm sure it's going to be webcams. Um, I can't imagine the producer for this NFL draft where you're going to have to deal with, you know, 50, 60 possible first round draft picks because you can't be wrong. There's a, you know, you want to do your best to have a camera there, right? So you got 50, 60, right? They're only going to be in the house with a couple of people, parents, family, you know, that, that kind of thing. 
the war rooms are going to be limited, right? If they're even allowed in the buildings where they are. Is there going to be a main studio? Like, there's so many. There could be 125, 130 cameras that a, that a director has got to go, cut camera 30. No, wait a minute. It's 42. No, it's, it's like, holy crap. It's, um, it's not going to be easy just because of how, how big it is how it usually is done, and listen, we're all going to watch one way or the other, but here's it. There's a real opportunity here because of the amount of eyeballs that are going to be on it. Um, you'll have some leeway with the audience, but if you screw this up, I mean, if, it's, if it looks like a rinky-dink kind of thing, it's probably going to piss more people off than anything. So there is a big risk here to kind of get this right. There definitely is, and here's what I'll also say, though, Joe. Normally, in the NFL draft, mm -hmm. not Every single first-round player who hears their name called happens to be in the green room right there at Radio right. City or wherever city it's being held, you know. So if I were the super producer of this NFL draft TV extravaganza, mm -hmm. what I would prioritize is having a good setup in 32 war rooms. Yes. Okay? That's the way I think I would do it. I don't know about trying to have every contingency for every player that may be in round one. We can figure that out a little bit later on, yep. getting interviews with them, you know, that sort of thing, post-haste. You know, day two of the draft could mm -hmm. be interviews that happen via Skype with players from round one or what have you. I think what the opportunity here is twofold. One, mm -hmm. to really get a little bit deeper into the war rooms of these teams, Joe. I, I think it's interesting mm -hmm. when that during the draft coverage, now, albeit granted, they will only be, what, maybe three or four people in That's that right. yep. the whole coaching staff and the entire mm -hmm. scouting department like we've seen in years past. But I'd be intrigued to even like, kind of get a little bit of, you know, behind the curtain inside access into war rooms. I know as a football fan, I would enjoy that. Mm -hmm. You could also set up interviews with, you know, big time college coaches of teams that you know have multiple first round picks. Yep. Like Nick Saban ready to go. Have Debo Sweeney ready to go. That mm -hmm. sort of thing. And the other thing I think is interesting about this, mm -hmm. do a little bit about this already, Joe. Not in round one, but in like day two and day three of the draft, they always have like legends of that team coming up and announcing the pick. Right. Or and that won a contest, be able to go and announce the team. I'm with you, yep. They can get ahead of, they can tell one person, like, hey, you're going to reveal, you know, the Packers' second-round pick. We're going to go to you, and, you know, all you got to do is open an envelope and read it out, and they can kind of make that a uh, dramatic thing. I actually like that. I think they can get more and more people involved in that way. I, Me too, but, I, you know, the other problem that you got to consider that with too, Dane, is that, you know, some of these guys can't figure out how to use a uh, flip phone, much less, yeah. uh, you know, if it's not a road. There, there would be some dudes uh, that maybe sure. hitting this. You don't want Namath home alone, you know what I mean, announcing the Jets pick. Lord knows what could possibly happen there. Like a Moonlight or La La Land situation going on. He's <laughs> just going to want to kiss the camera and stuff. It's like, oh, no. It'd be an absolute mess. But I think it would be kind of cool, certainly first round. Uh, and that'll go into, they're still going to have, you know, two or three days over the weekend. I'm sure it's still going to, you know, and, and we all know teams, teams are built with what you do from the third round on, guys. That's where, you know, that's where dynasties are built there. So, uh, and I do think there will be a lot more eyes set on it uh, this year than before. And I think there's going to be a lot of great, betting opportunities for this draft for people to be able to uh, dive into too because it's usually kind of a side thing uh, that you know the true degenerates got involved with but there's an opportunity here I think across the board through all rounds for guys to be able to dive in now and take a shot with that yeah absolutely and then so it's a way to try to get ahead of it right let's try to figure this out Joe because one of the things that happens every single year is the quarterback needy teams yep. trade up to go get their guy. You ain't trading up to get, like, a safety, right? You're not trading up to get a tight end, all right? So I think those are things to look at in the market. Will there be trades? How will the top picks go? Yep. And, they're, they're, you know, our friends over at FanDuel are hanging kind of the number of quarterbacks, the number of wideouts in round one. Will there be a running back in round one? And then, you know, kind of heads up stuff like Jordan Love or Justin Herbert. Yep. Where will Tua go? And I really believe, Joe, that because of Tua, the unknowns around him, 
the the need you know of teams at like number five and six mm -hmm. at the teams at three and four that could just be going best player available mm -hmm. or be trade down i think there's going to be a lot of movement i think there's going to be a lot of drama i think there's going to be a lot of excitement in the first 10 picks yeah i and i think a lot of that i think there might be some scrambling too yeah. obviously for teams where you know you all have your draft boards we're all going to have their draft boards but it's going to be a little hard uh, especially as the draft goes on with uh you know you start getting into those deeper rounds going oh you know all that data at your fingertips uh right. it's one thing when you're in a war room with 30 40 guys it's a uh, it's a little different thing to do with people at multiple different locations either guys are going to get really lucky and crush this draft or some guys are going to get it terribly wrong dane and it's just the way it's uh it's just the way it's going to be but that top that first night that first round Man, oh man, there's always a couple of surprises. I can't wait to see uh, what it is. And if the fireworks start right off the bat, trades galore, people going all over the place. And I think times like this, strange things happen, Dane. It could be an absolute free-for-all and nothing, same old, same old, about this draft when it comes to the first 10 picks, Dane. It could be fireworks right off the bat. Yeah, and to be quite honest, that is something that I actually expect. Let's play a little game of Connect the Dots, Joe. Okay? We can kind of do our own little mock and see where do we think the linchpin is for all the chaos that may come, Joe. You and I have talked about chaos theory all the time, whether yep. it's the NL wild card or whatever. Oh, true. Right? We yep. like so, so I think it's safe to say at this point that most people think Joe Burrow is the connected Connect the Dots to Cincinnati at number one, right? right. To be honest. Right then and there is where I think it gets interesting, okay? Because, all right. Listen, all right, a lot of people think that the Washington football team will be completely happy to have Chase Young, who is by many accounts the best player overall in this yep. draft, fall to their lap at number two, right? They've made the commitment, it looks like, to Dwayne Haskins, getting Kyle Allen to be the backup, new head coach Ron Rivera, defensive guy. Yep. New guy Jack Del Rio coming in. And listen, you know, they've, they've gone up front before, but by all accounts, Chase Young is just as good, if not better, than both of the Boza brothers who were at Ohio State. So I think that's, a, you know, locked in. But here's where it gets interesting. And we've seen this before, Joe. You know, like, we think Miami may be quarterback needy. Right. We think the Chargers may be quarterback needy. If you are another team that wants to go get a quarterback, you probably have to hop over Miami, yep. right, in order to do that. And we've, there's been rumors about Detroit open for business at three, the Giants open for business at four. Mm -hmm. But, Joe, if you trade up to three or four, you're still not guaranteed because another team can then go ahead and yep. be like, oh, yeah, I see you're trading to three, and I raise you trading to two. The only way to guarantee to have your bite at the apple when you want yep. is to trade all the way up. Joe, a few years ago, the San Francisco 49ers traded with the Chicago Bears. Yep. The, the, the Bears moved up one spot from three to two to get Mitchell Trubisky. Why did they have to do that when it could have fell to them at three? Because they wanted to make sure no one else traded with San Francisco at two to ensure. Might we see a team like that, a team that's not, you know, Miami or the Chargers? Or may they be in like an arms race to try and outdo each other? Right. I fireworks don't start at three at Detroit. Don't start at four with the Giants. I think they start all the way up at two at Washington because that will that's what will guarantee you to get your choice of Tua or Herbert, whatever you like. Yeah, and I, and I will say this. I know uh, watching the board here, guys, as far as the odds board goes for the draft coming up, uh, one of the, you know, we talked about, of course, the number of quarterbacks drafted in the, uh, in the first round. What will that number be? Uh, one of the guys talked about in a lot of mock drafts outside of the big names that you know, of course, is Jordan Love. And I find it interesting because in a lot of boards right now, he's on people's boards, guys. The question yeah. is, where is he going to go? He opened up around 12 and a half, and I've seen him now in a lot of places. He's starting to move down 13, 13 and a half, uh, 13 and a half rather, 14 and a half at a bunch of places. So I think once Rivers um, went to the Colts, and I think once, of course, the Chargers really did kind of said, listen, man, um, Tyrod Taylor is going to be our guy this year. I think there was some there were some questions on, hey, maybe the Chargers would take him and stay right put. They'd be happy. But it looks like from a, the betting public, 
He's looking more mid, you know, 20, 20 to the end than he is maybe in the top 15 because he keeps going down that draft board. Instead of being top 15, it looks like he's going to be 15 or later. Yeah, and here's the thing. I, I'm hearing that as well. Right now, FanDuel has it at 14 and a half mm-hmm. draft position. But, Joe, and you know this, all it takes is one. Yeah, it really does. One yeah. thing to fall in love, make that move, trade up, and then you hit with a pick higher than 14 for Jordan Love. So let's yep. keep an eye on it. Yeah, it'll be interesting how it uh, how it all falls out, guys. But now would be the time for you to start putting together that draft board. Plenty of time on your, uh, on your hands. And, uh, of course, we'll start doing the same here. Start putting some of these pieces together, some of these mock draft boards. We'll go ahead and give you our, our thoughts, give you the latest odds on these as we try and uh, figure out a, a method behind the madness on what some of these teams are going to do. And a lot of it is just that. Absolutely. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back in here now to the early line. It is Joe Ranieri. It is Dane Martinez here as, uh, as we continue to push along. Get ourselves all excited. Get you all excited for some sports. Any sport. Packers, backgammon. I don't really care anything. Uh, But listen, it's the one thing that uh, I think we can all be uh, honest with each other about is that while there hasn't been an awful lot of uh, sports outside of, uh, I know the Florida Derby is coming up, actually, uh, my neck of the woods here this weekend, which is always fun. Uh, outside of the horse racing, and I know a lot of you started have started to get into the ponies, which is great because I think it's, you know, I mean they've been doing horse racing a long time, long before, long before betting on football and basketball and everything else. So there was uh, there was an era in this history, Dan, in the United States where that was the night out, man, uh, heading to the track. So that was uh, some of the greatest athletes, and I'll call them athletes. Uh, these horses, some of the greatest athletes. Like Secretariat and uh, and others that just are. They, well, the, some of their records will never be beat, guys. And uh, it's a different game today, but it's good to see that the handle up at tracks is going through the roof. More and more people are getting interested in it, and uh, and I love that because uh, you know horse racing was down for a little while, but uh, now that renewed interest, I don't think it's going to go away either. I think once. You know, it's an interesting handicap, Dane. You know that going to Belmont, doing your picnics and aqueduct and everything else. You know, once you, it's a different handicap. It's not just, it, it's a real analytical way to go about it. And so much data, so much fun. And, you know, you win a couple of, you hit a couple of exactors or a pick three or a pick four. You're not leaving horse racing. You're just not, you're coming back for more the next time. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will say this, Joe, you know, Horses may be on with unfamiliar jockeys, unfamiliar yes. schedules as well. I am not in the mind of the horse, but I'm sure it has an impact there as well. But, yeah, they are still running with no fans at a number of tracks across this country. And I'm about to, you know, I'm about to get the pick four over at, uh, over at Tampa Bay Downs. Love it. Absolutely love it. See, that's what I'm talking about. So, a lot. Listen, it's, uh, and we, we, uh, we highly encourage you, if you have never uh, had a chance to dive into the ponies here a little bit, it's a lot of fun, guys. And the Florida Derby this weekend at Gulfstream, always one of the biggest races. It's usually a Florida horse, a Todd Pletcher horse, somewhere around here in, uh, in this race that will end up, um, will end up causing some damage there in the triple, uh, in the triple crown. So, um, you know... Yeah. It's always, it seems to be the Florida Derby winner, too, that always ends up upending somebody, whether it be the Derby, the Preakness, or whatever it may be. So let me ask you this, right? Because we said it earlier in the show, Joe, the, the Kentucky Derby, which is usually the first Saturday in May, they moved to September. Yes. Right? And these horses, it's such kind of a creature of habit or a thing like they're trying to get them primed and ready to run the first Saturday in May, right? right. And backwards plan their schedules for months to try to be, you know, at their apex come the first Saturday in May from everything you just mentioned, right? The Florida Derby, the Louisiana Derby, the Wood Memorial happens up by me. All these prep races where you earn derby points. If we take a step back, Joe, and they're not steering for the first Saturday in May per se, whether it's the Preakness or it's up in the air, 
What do you think are some of the changes in some of this derby prep schedule to the Louisiana Derby, your Florida Derby, the Wood, you know, right. and other? Are these some of these horses going to skip those races? Do you try to stretch them out and have them go a mile and a quarter or a mile and three sixteenths a little bit earlier in their careers? Mm. You know, because it, all things were pointed to the Kentucky Derby, right. but now that is in September. So as a trainer, how do you think you would adjust the training schedule of a horse? I, you know, I, I think they, and it, it's a little, it, it's a weird, it's like having the Masters in October, which is looking like that, uh, you know, if all goes well, that's probably what we're looking at here. Because uh, the Masters always signified spring, you know right. what I mean? And uh, all of a sudden now the leaves are falling instead of blooming. It's a holy, until, you know, you go to Amen's Corner and his leaves all are, it's a different field. So it'll be interesting to see that. But uh, listen, they ran the Louisiana Derby. They're running the Florida. So a lot of these prep races with these three-year-olds, a lot of these three-year-olds already have enough points. They've already yeah. qualified. You know what I mean? So it, it's really for the rest. Uh, you got to fill out the field. But a lot of the top contending three-year-olds have already gotten enough points one way or the other. They're good. The Florida Derby, if you can finish in the money there, you're, you're going. A lot of these horses don't need to win, but it is obviously against that kind of everything is about class and you go up against that class of horses you know all of a sudden it, it just betters them though right you know right. like there are horses that oh yeah. now they're going to go across two turns for the first time in their career right? Right, right it's all it's also that they are getting built up to be primed and ready to go i just wonder if they well if the build-up is going to be different now i mean let, let's face it but the thing that makes the triple crown is his three races in six weeks guys Right. Horses these days race once every three months. Like it's not, you ain't putting them three races in six weeks is just, on, and it, it keeps getting longer, you know? Right. And now if the Derby's the last in line instead of the Belmont, it, right. think about well, that. Half as opposed to the mile and a quarter. You got to move it all back. It's got to, if that's the start that's of it. Champions. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's got, it's always got to end in a Belmont because you, that's a, that's My ridiculous. Ass. Exactly. It's ridiculously long, you know, and again, I would encourage you to go to YouTube and pull up Secretariat's run at Belmont and look at everybody else's at Belmont. It is ridiculously long. Again, third race in six weeks for a horse is like, holy crap. Yeah. It's different for these yeah. horses as they ramp up and stretch out. Like, you know this, Joe, they go for yep. a mile and then the first time they're going a mile and a quarter, it's a big difference. Yeah. For the horse, and they, you know, they they schedule this Different out. time of year, too. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I also, Joe, you know, in these, some, I guess, lesser-known races, they're mm -hmm. still big to me. In the middle of the summer, I go up to the spa, up to Saratoga, right, where they Beautiful. have the Yep. The summer derby, that's going to be right in the middle of the schedule right now. Yep. So there's a lot of implications for all this. But, you know, dive into the ponies when yeah. you have on your hands, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and you really, I, and a, a lot in it, you mentioned Saratoga. There's a lot of uh, a lot of big events in New York this year that a lot is up in the air. The, the Saratoga meet is only seven weeks, but it's right. one of the most beautiful seven weeks that you could ever spend up there if you've never been. And you like a slice of history, guys. Saratoga is just absolutely gorgeous, but also Wingfoot is supposed to be the host of this year's uh, U.S. Open. Um, that ain't going to happen, I don't think, anytime soon. So they haven't said anything about the PGA Championship uh, just yet, but they're, uh, you know, that's another one of those, uh, the PGA Tour, what are they going to do? Having the Masters in what is looking like October, going to be a different feel. The bottom line is we're going to have a whole lot of sports going. Or will in a in a in a whole lot, and I, I some people are worried like ah oh, it's it's too much. They're talking about baseball in in uh, November at a neutral site or the World Series. Like oh okay. that's absurd. Well, listen, it's urgency, Dane. I don't care if the World Series is played January, February. I don't care what else is going on. I'm watching the World Series. You know what I'm saying? Because it's that level of urgency. Whether it be Stanley Cup, NBA play. You give me that, I would gladly stay home, park my ass on a couch, watch the World Series, the Masters, NFL football, you know what I mean, the NBA player. I got no problem with that, Dan. I'd be more than happy to do that in November this year. Listen, I think that whenever these sports come back, our population is going to be very happy to have them back, <laughs> yep. regardless of if there's overlap, regardless. 
there are things that look a little bit different than they have in years past. Joe, desperate times calls for desperate measures. And the idea of having one of your favorite sporting events a little bit differently in the calendar not going to be the greatest of concern. Absolutely, guys. And there's still a lot to do again between now and when those, when those sports come back. Still plenty of time. And, of course, with the NFL being the, uh, the king of kings here, uh, even though, uh, you know, horse racing might uh, have something to say about that. But uh, the NFL right now, a uh, lot of different now that the free agency period pretty much has settled down. We're getting ready for the draft, and we told you about some of the odds there, and those will only continue to adjust as we get a little bit closer. Uh, but there are also, with some of these free agent moves, we're starting to see a lot of prop bets. We're starting to see now, especially with the top 40 free agents pretty much outside of Winston and Cam Newton already gone, starting to see a little bit of adjustment in the prop market and the win total market there, Dane. And one of the uh, props, of course, the Tom Brady props, have been front and center on a lot of people's minds. And uh, one of the ones that stuck out to me, of course, was you know, people will be talking about Tom Brady uh, throwing touchdowns and uh, interceptions and yardage and all of that good stuff, especially since he's taken over for a guy that threw for 5,000 yards in Jameis Winston. He also threw 900 interceptions, different story. Uh, but his rushing touchdown prop is probably not one that a lot of people are looking at. A couple of books have opened it up somewhere around one and a half, and you're looking at plus 150, plus 140, 150 in some places. And really, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but Brady has been one of the most underrated, Absolutely. sneakiest of quarterback sneak quarterbacks that you will ever see in the NFL. He has been, actually, for a long time, I believe. And he doesn't get stopped. When he sneaks, he gets the yard. He gets yeah. the touchdowns, right? I mean, he never gets stopped either. Uh, he had, I believe, last year, if I'm looking this right up, uh, he had two last year. He had three in 2018. So this is a situation where he gets up to the line, right? He's calling it before anybody else. Like he already knows it's a good and go. He goes and gets that yard. So it wouldn't at all surprise me. Could he have two rushing touchdowns this year with that? Hell, especially when everyone's looking outside. That's right. a perfect time for Tom Brady to call that QB sneak, man. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You know, Joe, you and I as Jets fans, we've seen it a yeah, lot. Yeah. It's not only at the goal line. He Sneaky. does this third and one. He does this fourth and one a lot. Yes. He gets, gets it a few yards. He yep. gets exactly what he needs to. No one's going to confuse him out there for Lamar yep. Jackson or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. That's what it's about. Like that. Yep. You're right. He does. So that's an interesting prop bet. Yep. I think, you know what? I'm reading something here, though, Joe, about what the Bucks' offense might be like because mm -hmm. of these props. Right. Joe, we talked about, like, you know, Bruce Arians likes to go down, you know, over right. the top, down the field. But Tom Brady, he's looking for the mismatches, the hot routes, the slot routes, the crossing routes over the middle. And I think if you look at some of the other Tom Brady props mm -hmm. and you compare them against what Jameis Winston did last year in the Bruce Arians offense, you're getting a little bit of an inkling of what, you know, the books think the Buccaneers offense may look like right. this year. For example, Joe, we remember Jameis Winston threw for over 5,000 yards, had 33 touchdowns, and also 30 interceptions. The props for Tom Brady are a lot more modest, yes. Joe. Okay, so right, Tom Brady's passing yards, 4,350 yards. That's a good six, seven hundred less yes. than Jameis Winston last year. Correct. Twenty-nine touchdowns, twenty-nine and a half touchdowns. But then get this: this is the big one, Joe. Only ten and a half interceptions is the total for Tom Brady. So what this seems to me is what at least FanDuel is thinking is that this offense under Tom Brady, as opposed to Jameis Winston, is going to be a little less dynamic, mm -hmm. a little more conservative and care a lot more about keeping control of the football and not turning it over. Yep. What do you think that means for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense overall? I, you know, here's the problem that I have with any of those Tom Brady props. Okay. And it's bad when I think a, a plus 150 prop with Tom Brady is maybe the safest bet because at least I know that much ain't going to change about him. Uh, I don't know with the A, limited and cut practice time now that they negotiated in this CBA. Uh, that's one. Two, this time of year over the last couple of months, Tom Brady for years has flown his guys to some remote island and has worked with his guy. He's not going to have any of that time. 
I really do think there's a strong possibility where, Dane, he is going to be dropped in, the pra- in Tampa in the practice field, and that might be some of the first balls he throws to Mike Evans or to God. So, yeah. And if that's the case, guys, um, I know people make a lot about Bruce Arians' offense. Oh, he throws it there. Don't confuse downfield with arm strength and, and, and completing pass. It's two totally different things. Just because you can throw the ball 80 yards doesn't mean that you're some sort of great downfield passer. Tom Brady has never had to do that because Tom Brady has always been the guy to find the open dude. That's all that matters with him. So he's got to go. He's got to get used to what the tendencies of some of these guys are because what they're going to find out now, unlike Jameis Winston, where it was just, hell, run. He's just going to throw it up. Go get it, Mike Evans. Um, you're gonna you're gonna make a cut. You're you're gonna be open for like a half a second. The ball's gonna be in your face, and so I think not so much Tom Brady, but I think these receivers are gonna have to get used to the ball being there on time while you're open a hell of a lot quicker than what they've been used to. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You talk about how Tom Brady would bring everybody to a beach in yeah. California. Yeah, yep. and run some routes, right? The wide receiver camp or whatever it is they do. And we have news on this, Joe, also. Mm-hmm. Ravens team president today, Dick Cass, says he expects the pandemic to, in essence, lead to the cancellation of all off-season activities. Yeah. Oh, OTAs probably, right? Training camp may be condensed, just like the Major League Baseball season. So even less of an opportunity for, as you say, Tom Brady to build chemistry yep. with those wide receivers. And Tom chemistry... Tom Brady is a chemistry kind of quarterback, right? The back shoulder fade, knowing where Julian Edelman or whoever it was was going to be, and those Tampa Bay wide receivers are going to have to do this. I will say this. I trust Mike Evans, all right, though, Joe? Mike Evans made Johnny football, Johnny Manziel look good, made Jameis Winston look good. I'm sure eventually they'll be able to get on the same page with TB12 as well. Well, he'll. Uh, I can promise you this, and maybe the guy that's going to uh, to be the best serve there is O.J. Howard this year, guys. Uh, his use of uh, a tight end and finding the time. Not a big, uh, never been big in Bruce Arians' offense, but uh, Tom Brady <laughs> utilizes them big boys better than uh, than anybody. And and you know this goes two ways. It's not only about Tom Brady figuring out, you know, fitting in with a new class. But it's the same thing with Bruce Arians. And I've always, you know, I've been a big proponent of this, and it's always what made Belichick to me who Belichick is, where um, he didn't fit you into his system because this is what I've always done. He would look at you and say, well, this is what you do good, so this is how we got to do things here, guys. And I think we're going to, and I think Bruce Arians, quite honestly, same way, we saw it with Luck and Roethlisberger and some other guys, different offenses when he had Carson Palmer, even with, uh, you know, I think they are going to be able to look at Tom Brady and put everybody in a position to be successful, utilizing what Tom Brady does best. I, I think there's going to be a lot more. Here's the, you know, here's the chalk, Tom. Tell us what, tell, you know, very few guys like that ever get traded. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 